Welcome to the Liberty Baptist Sermon Archives. The message you're about to hear was preached at Liberty Baptist Church in Easton, Massachusetts. You can find out more about us or contact us at mylibertybaptist.org or just look us up on Facebook. And now we hope that this message from God's Word will be a blessing to you. I'm going to start this message with a rebuke this morning. Are you ready for that? Here's the rebuke. Are you ready? You got to smile in church. Some of you got to learn to smile in church. I mean, now, now listen, this is your pastor. I love you, and I'm saying it because I love you, but we're singing about God's love, and some of you look like uh, we're, we're, we're singing about, you know, something that uh, is exactly the opposite of that. I mean, our Savior's great love. Brother Chuck did such a wonderful job of illustrating. By the way, we could have had worship and focused on any one of those 12 verses and would have had ample things to worship the Lord for but to consider that we are part of the family of God. Do you see how, how Brother Dan kind of put all that together? Did, were you kind of picking up on that, on that theme there through the order of service? That was a blessing this morning. But uh, we got something worth smiling about today. That, hey, thank you, Miss April. You weren't one of the ones I was concerned about, but that's all right. Uh, but, uh, but no, it's a, it's a joy to know Jesus Christ, your Savior. It's a joy to be in His house, and it's a joy to be able to be together. And I'll say on my behalf and on behalf of my family, it's a joy to be with you, and it's a joy for us to be at Liberty Baptist Church. Looking at ten and a half years now of being here at Liberty, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe they run us off in ten years, honestly. Uh, you've had ample opportunity, no doubt, but uh, I'm so glad to be able to be here uh, ministering to the Lord with you, and it's an honor certainly to be with you in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And this will be a different kind of message for us this morning because the theme for 2023 was simply forward. And as I was even reflecting just this morning as we were singing on this theme and on the message this morning, what is really interesting to me is that when we revealed the theme 12 months ago, many of you weren't actually here. Many of you weren't even necessarily part of the church uh, 12 months ago. And I know some of our regulars, many of our regulars are ill or traveling this morning. But as I look around at those who are here, many of you weren't here when we revealed the theme in 2023 and that theme being forward. And so of course, being forward, we don't necessarily want to look back. That's kind of the point is we want to look forward. But as Brother Chucky was preaching on Wednesday night, there is a time for reflection. There is a time to be able to look back at what God has done. And I think that this morning, as we want to continue to move forward as a church, it's good and right for us to take a few moments to at least look back at what God has accomplished here at Liberty Baptist Church over the last 12 months, and then we want to continue to look ahead because that's really where the blessings are, not in the past, but ahead that God has before us. You know, when I was uh, presenting the theme at the beginning of 2023, I would not say that we were at our lowest point in the church history, but I would say this, we were just starting the upswing from the lowest point that we had had on that time. And I don't want to recount all the difficulties that we had as a church from 2020 until 2022, but some of those dealt with the things that we all dealt with during those years and the way that things were in this country and the way things were with our health and all different types of things. But we had many people who had moved. We had many people who had gone away. Some that when the church closed uh, and every church closed, that just never came back. We, we all dealt with that to some point and we all dealt with that. But I, I was really, again, without, I really don't want to dwell on that. And I don't, really don't want to dwell on that difficulty this morning. But I do want to say that just for the sake of that when we got to 2023 and we got to this theme of forward, it was my heart's desire, and I believe led by the Lord to be able to present this, that it was time to stop looking back at what had happened 
and to start looking forward to see that God has blessings for us in the future if we just trust him for them. And I'm here to report to you 52 weeks later by God's grace, God has done some incredible things here at Liberty Baptist Church in the last 12 months, far beyond anything that I had imagined and far beyond anything that Diane and I were praying. In fact, we had some joint prayer requests that we were praying for at the beginning of the year, the kind of prayer requests that we knew that only God could answer. You know, sometimes we pray the kind of prayers that, as my friend Paul Chapman has said here before, that the kind of prayers that a rich man could answer. But there are the kind of prayers that only God can answer. And we saw the Lord do that in our own lives over the last 12 months and saw that over and over here at our church. And look, this isn't an infomercial that I'm presenting to you today. I'm not selling Ginsu knives. I don't have a Ronco food dehydrator. I don't have any of those things. But I do want to present to you some of the things that I have seen God do here at this church. We just need to be reminded once in a while of what we have seen him do. You know that over this last year, and I just calculated the numbers uh, just a few days ago, uh, we averaged over 40 people on Sunday morning here at Liberty Baptist Church, which the year before was not quite that by a long shot. And those who are here for a while would be able to attest to that. We saw over 40 people on a Sunday morning, even a day like today, where lots of people are sick, lots of people are away, lots of people are traveling. We have about that number here today by God's grace. That's a blessing. And we thank the Lord for it. We had 24 weeks in a row of visitors. And I'm not talking about trying to manipulate the numbers like pastors do, you know, uh, trying to find ways. Uh, did I say that? Um, but uh, um, <laughs> that was my inside voice coming on the outside. But anyway, uh, 24 weeks in a row of visitors. And some of you were some of those visitors, which means that you're still here today. That's incredible. And I think maybe even beyond that, and I didn't even realize this till I counted the numbers here just a few days ago, 37 out of 52 Sundays this year, we had at least one visitor. Now, I'm glad to say Sunday number 53, and today happens to be Sunday number 53, uh, we can add to that number today because some of you are first-time visitors today. We're thankful for you being here at Liberty Baptist Church. But, you know, numbers don't tell the whole story. In fact, numbers are really just a very base way of being able to look at the health of a church. We count numbers because the old saying is we count people because people count. God cares about numbers because he had a whole book of them put in the Bible. But at the same time, you can't tell the health of a church. I slipped that one in there, didn't I, Miss Joy? All right. Uh, you, can't, you can't tell the health of a church just by numbers. It goes far beyond that. I see God do some very incredible things through the ministries of Liberty Baptist Church over the last year, including uh, being able to have an assistant pastor and his family join the church over the last couple months, which we are so grateful for and so excited about how I don't even feel like we've even tapped into uh, the potential of them being here yet and so thankful that they're just kind of settling in and looking forward to what they'll be doing in 2024. We were able to begin a patch club in March uh, with uh, my wife and uh, Brother Chuck and Miss and uh, Kaylee. I almost called her Miss Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee, um, uh, with, with young people coming on Wednesday nights that wouldn't have come before, singing in church, being part of services, it's been an exciting thing to see. We started discipleship or restarted discipleship classes for men and women with about 10 students enrolled right now, which is a great blessing. Uh, we're live streaming services. Who would have thought? Now, I still keep walking in front of the camera, which I'm not supposed to do. Uh, so if you're watching at home, I apologize that you have to see into every pore of my face as I walk through. 
It's just, it's, it's unsettling how zoomed in it is, but we're live streaming our service. We made a significant investment in being able to live stream services and to podcast. And speaking of our podcast, over 1,500 downloads of our sermons just in this last year. And some of you have come here because you listened to the podcast or watched our Liberty at Home television show uh, that was broadcast from ECAT here in town. It's unbelievable. We had our first church cantata in years, just a few weeks ago. And of course, we had our 10th anniversary. 117 people here. Some of you came the first time on that day and you came back. Even though it was outside and even though the service was five hours long and even though we didn't have enough food and even though I told my wife we'll have 50 or 60 people for food and there was 100 people in here. And no, people weren't just taking one hot dog and one hamburger. They were filling up the, they were filling up the plates. But we had enough. It was, it was five loaves and two fishes kind of stuff, but the Lord did it, and we're thankful. We had people eating up here on the platform, tables everywhere, people outside. It was incredible. And a back-to-school bash where we had over 150 people on the property. We were able to give away 50 backpacks to children in need, be able to preach the gospel to a room full, over 100 people in this building. If you've ever seen 100 people in this building, it's not pleasant. But it's pleasant when there are people that are hearing the gospel. I think back to the special that we sang there at that 10th anniversary, and the words are this, look at what God's done. Because the purpose is not for me to say, we've done a great job this year, because although we have been willing, I believe, as a church to be able to be used, it's only because of the grace of God that we have any of the things that we've had. But maybe most importantly, well, not maybe, most importantly, we've seen several people saved this year. We've seen the baptismal water stirred and about to be stirred again within the next few weeks. Families join, families rejoin our church to be able to see God do his restorative work has been exciting. And I will say this, in 10 years, I don't know that there's ever been a brighter future for Liberty Baptist Church than right now. I don't know that I've ever been more excited to see what God is going to do at Liberty Baptist Church than right now. That's not to say that there's not difficulties. That's not to say that there aren't trials. That aren't to say that there are some maybe rough waters ahead for us as a church. But yet God has providentially protected and God has providentially blessed Liberty Baptist Church as we have attempted to do one thing in 2023 and that's to move forward. But yet at the same time, while we acknowledge that God has done all of these things, we are not preaching to the church corporate this morning. Meaning this, I'm not just preaching to the quote unquote church. I'm preaching to a group of individuals today. No, that, that's who I'm preaching to. I'm not just preaching to a conglomerate of people, a blob of people, if you will, that just make up the church. No, no, what I'm saying is I'm preaching to individuals who make up this church this local assembly. And as such, we can only move forward and continue to move forward with our theme next year, which you'll have to find out next week. But we will only move forward as each of us individually continue to move forward in our spiritual life. And I said this at the beginning of 2023, and it's still just as true on December 31st as it was on January 1st. And that's this, the mature Christian is a believer who is in a constant state of forward progress. The mature Christian is a believer 
who is in a constant state of forward progress. There's never time for us to be spiritually in neutral. There is no reason for us spiritually to be in reverse. No, no, we're, we're supposed to be moving forward for the cause of Christ. The discipleship that we are to have, and this was just explained so well to us just a couple Wednesday nights ago, the discipleship that we're to have believers is not confined to a class on Wednesday night for men and Sunday morning for ladies. The process of discipleship, the process of growth, the process of becoming more like Christ is a lifelong pursuit that should never change and never gets canceled. And it's one of constant forward progress. And so this morning, we're going to look forward by looking backward. And we're going to ask ourselves this question this morning. How much have we moved forward in 2023? You know, I've explained as a church many ways that God has graciously allowed us to move forward. And I get to see much of the fruit here sitting before me today. But at the same time, how much have you moved forward in 2023? Would you stand please for the reading of God's word? We're in 2 Corinthians Chapter 8, for some reason, I'm in Matthew 21. I don't know why that is. And I don't know why I always reveal that to you. You would never know that, but I just... You've learned by now, coming to Liberty Baptist Church is an experience. Amen? Yeah, I was waiting for the amens. I was waiting for the sarcastic ones to chime in. All right. Brother Justin, you let me down. All right. So I was waiting for... He was waiting for his chance to pile on there. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 says this. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us, by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to, pr to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. That's what we just read from John chapter 1 right there, wasn't it? And herein I give my advice for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be, what's that next word? Forward a year ago. Why don't you be seated as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this time. I thank you for our guests and visitors. I thank you for everyone who is here, but I particularly pray that you be with those who need to hear the gospel message that are not saved. And I don't know who those people are. You do. Lord, it could be someone that's new. It could be someone who sat here for years. Lord, only you are the one who is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I pray that you would reveal those needs to all who are here today, whether it's the need to become born again or whether it's the need to grow in that relationship with you. But Lord, as we close out 2023 and we look ahead to 2024, I pray that you would allow us to be able to move forward and continually make that forward progress you ask us to make. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
is my desire that you grow in 2024 and as you consider New Year's resolutions and things like that. And biblically, there's no foundation for New Year's resolutions. However, I would say that trying to be better as a believer is something that's quite biblical. And so we're going to preach on that tonight and talk about some practical application to that tonight. But this morning here in this text, I want us to look at this idea of moving forward. Now, I want to be careful because we don't want to just depart from the text, take a word and use it and abuse it and move on. We want to understand why it's here. Any text without context becomes a pretext and we don't want to do that today. But at the same time, I do believe there's an overarching principle that's given to us here in verse number 10 with this word forward and dealing specifically with the people of Corinth with the issue of money. He says there's a forwardness that was needed by the people of Corinth. And it's hard to get the full context of everything that's here without understanding that there was a conversation had with the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians. In fact, you can look at this later. It's in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 through 4, that after Paul is talking to this church, and this was a church that had a lot of problems. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this church had a lot of problems before he departed from this letter, before he departed in giving them this counsel. He said this, I want you to have a collection, and I want you to put some money aside to help the poor saints who were there at Jerusalem. You'll see that there were some people, and this was a theme that came up in several of Paul's epistles, that there was a need in Jerusalem and there was a, a need for financial support because of issues that they were going through. And Paul made an appeal to some of the churches that he had influence with. And he wanted to take up what we would call a love offering today, a special offering. And in Romans chapter number 15, he actually tells the people of Rome, he says, in essence, you are debtors to the people in Jerusalem. He says, what you have in the gospel is because of those people who strove so hard in the beginning of what we would call the book of Acts and that the gospel was spread. He said, so because you have received much from them, it's important that you pay back that which you've received. And so he says this to the people of Corinth as well. He says, I want you to set some money aside. And I, I want you to be able to do this at the first day of the week and to be able to do so to be able to help these people, these saints that are there in Jerusalem. He had a desire to help the poor believers and he contacted churches and collected the offering during what we would call his third missionary journey. And his purpose in doing this was twofold. It was to meet the financial needs. Certainly that was important. But also I believe it was to bring unity between the Jewish and the Gentile believers. Remember, there's a lot of schism between the Jews and the Gentiles. And so Paul is trying to do this as a way to remind the Gentiles what they owed to the Jews and a way to show the Jews that the Gentiles had care for their needs. And so this was not just financial. This was also spiritual as well. And it seems to be that when we get to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that was written a year or two later, it just seems to be that, the, that Paul is reminding the Corinthians here in this chapter of the commitment that they had made before. Now, it could be that they hadn't given as they were supposed to give. That could be. It could be that he was encouraging them to do more because the need was maybe greater than they had first determined. I don't know exactly what that reason is, but he's encouraging them to be forward that which they had done, that which they had committed a year before. And whatever the need was, and no matter how it was manifesting itself here in this chapter, Paul is clearly making a plea to the people of Corinth, asking them to go beyond what they were doing financially a year ago. Now, 
here's where you might be getting a little nervous right now, and I don't want you to get nervous because you're probably thinking right now, well, Pastor, this message, you started off with all, you know, you were, you were funny, you know, you're talking about these numbers and all this stuff, but this is really a message about offerings, isn't it? That's all. The whole thing was you coming and preaching about offerings and giving and how we need to give more offering in 2024. That's what this is about, right? And my answer to that is exactly not. I want to give some of you what you wanted there for a moment, but the answer is no. That's exactly untrue. Because there's something that God wants you to steward even greater than your finances. There's something that God wants you to give greater than the money in your pocket. There's something that God wants you to sacrifice greater than what you have in the bank. And what that is, is your heart. By the way, if God has your heart, the wallet kind of takes care of itself. If God has your heart, we're not as concerned about the wallet because those issues just end up taking care of themselves without needing too much hand-wringing to, to be able to worry about those things. But, but no, what we are to steward, what we are to be able to move forward in is not just finance. And I'm not trying to take this out of context this morning. Understand this, because he is talking about finances here. But even beyond that, this was a church that needed to move forward in every facet of their life. And if you were to take 1 Corinthians and compare it to 2 Corinthians, you would understand that Paul is telling them, you got to move ahead because you guys are lagging behind. You need to move ahead because you have some problems. That's what's happening in 1 Corinthians. You say, Pastor, what kind of problems were they having in 1 Corinthians? Well, let me just give you a sampling. They were arguing with each other constantly and being put into warring factions, arguing about who is the greatest teacher. Uh, they were allowing sexual immorality to become commonplace within the membership without it being taken care of biblically. They were going to court and they were suing one another instead of handling things like believers. They were abusing the observance of the Lord's Supper. They were debating about spiritual gifts and trying to determine who was the greatest because they had been given the greatest spiritual gift by God. All of this is going on in 1 Corinthians Guess what? And more! This is a church with some problems. But by the time we get to 2 Corinthians, we start to realize while this isn't a perfect church, and by the way, no church is, if you're looking for a perfect church, you'll come to this realization it doesn't exist as long as there's people in it. If you're looking for the perfect pastor, This is a great place to smile. It is. That's, this is a great place to smile. No, you're not going to find the perfect pastor. But we do serve a perfect God. And it's his church. And we look at this church in, of Corinth in 2 Corinthians, and we find that they've moved forward in many ways. They had to biblically take care. They exercised church discipline against a man who was named in gross sexual immorality. And by 2 Corinthians, Paul makes clear he got right with the Lord. And they were to surround him and they were to bring him back into the fold. And they were to be able to encourage him uh, so that he wasn't overcome with sorrows is the term that he uses. Uh, they were able to, to, to get some things understood and they were able to get some things under control. But still, uh, it's obvious from looking at our text right here that there were still some places they needed to move forward. Do you know why? Because they're still on this side of heaven. There were still some places they needed to move forward because they haven't gone to glory yet. And until we receive that final call, whether it's through the upper taker and Jesus Christ comes back or it's the undertaker and the Lord calls us home that way, there's still forward progress that needs to be made. 
And I don't care if you've known the Lord two minutes, or I don't care if you've known Him 20 years, or I don't care if you've known Him 50 years. There's still progress that each and every one of us need to make in the Christian life. We have to move forward. So I want you to take stock in 2023, here for just a few moments. Have you moved forward spiritually in 2023? I think some of you will be able to say, Pastor, this has been the greatest year of spiritual growth in my life. I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been learning. I've been in a class. I've been fellowshipping with people. I have new Christian friends. It's been a wonderful year. And I thank the Lord for that. If that's your testimony, hey, don't slow down. Keep on going. But there's some would have to say this. Not been my best year. Oh, sure, I've been in church. I've been around. But I've had better years. And maybe you can't determine that this morning. Maybe you're not sure how to answer that. Or maybe you have an answer just quickly, but you're not sure to honestly assess your life. I want us to look back at just two thoughts we had 53 weeks ago and to consider those same points this morning and ask you this, as we challenged you at your beginning to move ahead in these areas, at the end of the year, have you made visible progress in these areas? And the first is this. We have to move forward in our mindset. We have to move forward in our mindset. There are so many issues at the church of Corinth before, but they had grown. And in encouraging them in mindset, here at the beginning of our text, he brings forward the churches that are there in Macedonia. Did you see that in verse number one? It says, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And, and he's talking about the giving that they're going to do, the financial giving that the churches of Macedonia had done. Macedonia was not a city, it was an entire region. And he says, there was, here's something I want you to know about them. Verse 2, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. What he's saying here is, these churches in Macedonia, they've gone through some difficulties. They've gone through some hardships. They don't have a lot of money, but they've made a decision that they're going to give despite their condition. They've made a decision, despite what they're going through, despite the difficulties, they're going to give nonetheless. What Paul is saying is, there's a, ma uh, there's a mindset of the churches of Macedonia that you need to have. There's a mindset that they have, Church of Corinth, that you need to have. Their mindset was that they would give despite having little. Their mindset was that they would give despite having difficulties. Their mindset was that they would give because the grace of God had been placed upon them and they realized to whom much has been given, much is required. So their mindset was this, well, I'll give if I've been given unto. Their mindset was, even if I'm going through difficulty, God has blessed me so greatly that I have to be able to give to others. Now, again, we're not just talking about finances. And by the way, this is very helpful when it comes to biblical giving. We don't wait to be in a good situation to be able to give biblically. We trust God with our finances. And as we do so, we realize that he will bless us. And I could stop the message, and some of you got excited about that, but I could stop the message, and I have some give testimony this morning who would say, Pastor, we were in a bad financial spot, but I just trusted the Lord with my giving, and as I did so, we didn't get in a worse financial spot. That's what the spreadsheet should have said, but instead, God blessed us over and over and over again. You need to trust the Lord with your finances, but this is far more than that. This is trusting the Lord, having the right mindset that even though we might have difficulties, even though we might have hard times, that we are still going to serve the Lord despite the trials that we're going through. It's a mindset. 
why? Well, verse 3, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. What was their mindset? We're going to do everything we can, and we're going to do a little bit more. We're going to do everything we can, and then we're going to go beyond what we think we're capable of doing. Now, again, I, I, I could be talking about finances, and certainly that is the primary application of this this morning. But at the same time, I want to talk to you about your spiritual life this morning. Are you making forward progress for God? Is your mindset, I'm going to go the extra mile this year for the Lord? No, no, I'm not talking about achieving salvation. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. But I'm talking about as a believer, are you saying this? I want to make sure next year, despite the difficulties, despite the hardships, maybe because of the difficulties and because of the hardships, I will make sure that this next year will be the best year biblically I have. Some of you are just waiting for all the trials and troubles of life to go away, and then you'll serve God. You've got it opposite. You serve God now. Change the mindset. Move forward for God now. Well, well, once the calm seas come, then I'll serve God. Friend, the calm seas, when are they coming? Some of us have been waiting for them for a while. No, we serve God and have a right relationship with Him now, and He will give us what we need when we need it. It's having the right mindset. Moving forward in our Christian walk requires that we remember to move when moving is hard. It requires grace, as we see here it mentioned so often. It requires grace and guts and grit. We're told to war a good warfare. We're told to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we feel like, like, like that this Christian life ought to be easy, but oftentimes it's quite the opposite. And we talked about this last week. But yet, what are we to be? We're to be good soldiers for Jesus Christ. And the mindset is this, that it's not going to stop me, these trials of life. No, no, it's actually going to draw me closer to God. It's going to draw me closer to my Savior. Why is it that when people have difficulty, they stop going to church? It ought to be the opposite. It, it ought to be when we go through difficult times, I've got to make more time for, for, for church. You know, we make time for self-improvement. We make time for self-help. We make time to read books and listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos and, and pay money to people who will help us fix this part of our life or that part of our life. There could be nothing greater, friend, than making sure that we understand that our mindset is such that, 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 that even if we're going through difficulties in life, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go even beyond what I think is possible. You say, but pastor, I mean, will that make me a nut? A religious zealot? Well, that's what the world will call you. But you know what it'll make you? It'll make you a Christian, a disciple, that we give everything to Him. You know, some of you have had a hard year in 2023. Some of you already know 2024 is going to be hard. Can I encourage you? May your mindset be this. I'm just going to move forward for Jesus Christ. You know, some of you already know that when January 1st comes, it's already going to be a bad year because you're in the middle of it already. You, you, I mean, you can't know what the whole year will bring. We don't know that we have tomorrow, but you don't know exactly what it is. But you know, I already know January 1st of 2024 is going to be hard. But the mindset ought to be this. I'm going to give of myself and beyond and know that he will bless. And what's amazing about the church of Macedonia was the more they gave, the more they got. The more they gave, the more God supplied. How much more true is that of your life when you give to him that he will provide over and over and over again? So I asked you, 
12 months ago, we moved forward in your mindset. Have you moved forward in your mindset in 2023? Has your mindset be, I, I will grow and I will go beyond? It, it, it's, it, can I just be frank with you? Might as well, I'm, I'm 30 minutes in now. It's hard to go to church three times a week. It can be hard. And I understand some of you have difficulties with work situations and other things like that. And you're providentially hindered from coming from every service. Please understand that I know that and I'm very aware of that. I'm, I'm thankful that there are healthcare facilities open on Sundays. I've been sick on a Sunday before. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that if this place went on fire, that the firemen and women would be available on Sunday. Praise Jesus. I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, it's hard to come to as many services as you possibly can. But I tell you that as you extend yourself, you start to realize this, God's going to bless you for having that mindset. To say, I'm going to be here when the church meets together because we're meeting together for a purpose. Like we're not just meeting together because pastor doesn't have anything better to do or he thinks that we don't have anything better to do. No, we're meeting together because there's some things that will help strengthen us and strengthen our community. And so what do we do? As we extend ourselves, we realize this, God blesses. I'm not talking about running ourselves ragged. We want to be careful about that. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm talking about is just we need more of Him. We just need more of Him. The mindset has to be right. Number one, have you moved forward your mindset? Number two, quickly, we must move forward in our maturity. In our maturity. Maturity has nothing to do with age. I've met some very immature 80-year-olds. I've met some very mature young people. You know, we talk about the young people today and how they don't know this and they can't do that and they text this and they do this and they social media that. But there's some very mature young people. Some of them happen to come to our church. I'm thankful for that. And there's some very immature older folks. Leave that to your imagination. Maturity has very little to do with age. But it has to do with submitting to that which God is wanting to do in your life. And as you do so, you're able to be more mature. That's how someone could be saved just a couple years and be more mature in the Lord than someone who's been saved 30, 40, 50 years because they're willing to be taught. They're willing to be part of that process that we've talked about. They're willing to be part of that. But what I'm afraid is that there's too many Christians that are celebrating too early. You ever want something entertaining on YouTube and you're out of cat videos to watch? And, there's, and that's an inexhaustible source, by the way. But if you ever want to watch something else, type in something along these lines. I have to be careful how I say this. But, but type in something along uh, uh, NFL celebrations gone wrong or something like that. Because you will see, it happens about every couple of years in the NFL, that there's some guy who has the ball, and he's breaking towards the end zone, and he makes some kind of move, and the defense is totally at a loss. And he turns on the afterburners. He's passed everybody. And there, there is no way he will miss scoring this touchdown. Everyone's 10, 15 yards behind him. But he forgets where he is. And he's holding the ball out like this. And he's starting to dance a little bit. He's starting to feel it a little bit. And he drops the ball without realizing that ball is about at the one-yard line. And I've watched the defense scoop up the ball and run the exact other direction. And what should have been a game-tying, game-winning score ends up costing them the game. Why? Because they celebrated too early. They forgot where the end line was. 
But I think there's a lot of Christians who get to a certain point in their life and they're just kind of, this is good. I'm loving it. The Christian life is great. I'll come to church once in a while. I'll live. I'll read my Bible every now and then. I'll throw up a prayer here and there. It's all good. But there's not a desire for growth. Can I tell you when the end line is? Can I tell you when maturing can stop? When he calls us to glory. But until then, we move forward. Until then, we make forward progress. Like in the NFL, when they, they get down deep and, and they're trying to get that last yard, it's a fourth and goal or it's a fourth and one, and you watch the pile move forward and they struggle for every inch and the legs are pumping and the body is moving and the pile moves forward and it's almost painful to watch, but they're going to make that forward progress no matter the cost. And that's because of a game and because of a pigskin. Oh, this game of life is no game. This game of life is no game. And God says this, we need to keep maturing. We need to keep growing until he calls us home. There's a process of maturity that this church in Corinth was able to put themselves under. It was obvious that they were doing something because there was a collection that was made. But he says this, you need to do more. Now, why? We don't know the reason why. But the principle is true for us. Oh, you just want us to do more, Pastor. More, more, more. That's all you want to no, know. No. I'm saying this. We just have to mature in our belief. None of us would raise our hands and say, I know it all. We know we don't. So if we don't, spiritually, we need to keep growing. Growing in knowledge. Growing in wisdom. Growing in that understanding. I, I heard it said just recently, knowledge is knowing what makes your wife mad. Wisdom is knowing not to do those things. Now, I don't agree with any of that. I just thought I would say it. No. We've got to grow in knowledge. Okay, you know about the Bible. But let's grow in wisdom. Too many of us know what makes God mad, but don't care about whether we do it or not. That God gets mad. Well, I mean, sin is a transgression against him. He finds it to be very serious. How serious? Well, serious enough that Jesus Christ died on the cross for, for our sins. It's important. Have you grown? Have you matured this year? We had 11 areas this year where we were to grow. 11 areas where we were to grow forward. January was forward in my daily walk. Have you moved forward in your daily walk this year? February was moving forward in soul winning. Have you attempted to win someone to Christ this year or to share your faith with someone else? March is forward in stewardship. Have you given to the Lord as he's graciously given unto you? When that statement comes to your mailbox in January, will you be able to rejoice at what God has done through you? In fact, maybe even being surprised at what has accumulated over the last year and realizing that all your needs were still met and maybe all your needs were met because you trusted him? Have you grown in stewardship? April is moving forward in love, charity. 1 Corinthians 13, the highest form of love. Have you grown in your love? Growing in revival was in May. Moving forward in our church, certainly appropriate for the 10th anniversary in June. July, forward in service. August, forward in family. September, forward in prayer. October, didn't get to preach much on this because I was sick for most of October, but forward in sanctification, being set apart for service for the Lord. November forward in missions, doing more for the cause of Christ in missions around the world and around the corner. That's maturity. 
This isn't a checklist. This isn't, well, I'm going to do all these things and then I'm mature. No, it's saying, I have room for growth in every single one of these areas. And by God's grace, I'm going to humbly submit myself to that process. And I'm going to make sure I do all that I can to be mature for God. While moving forward seems odd to the world, it shouldn't be for the Christian. The process of moving forward for God is odd to the world. You're wasting your time going to church. Do you know what you could do with that money? Do you know how you could use your talents in other better ways? Do you know how many other better ways it is to raise a child than to bring them to church? These are things the world tells us. To the world, the preaching of the gospel is foolishness, it says in 1 Corinthians. To the world, the listening to the preaching of the word of God is foolishness. But we understand it's the power of God unto salvation. And it's also the path to maturity. In Yorkshire, England, during the early 1800s, two sons were born to a family named Taylor. The older one set out to make a name for himself by entering Parliament and gaining public prestige. But the younger son chose to give his life to Christ. He later recalled, Well do I remember, as an unreserved consecration, I put myself, my life, my friends, my all upon the altar. I felt I was with the presence of God, entering into a covenant with the Almighty. With that commitment, Hudson Taylor turned his face toward China and obscurity. As a result, he is known and honored on every continent as a faithful missionary and the founder of the China Inland Mission. For the other son, however, there is no lasting monument. When you look in the encyclopedia to see what the other son has done, you find these words, the brother of Hudson Taylor. 1 John 2.17 says this, He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. A life that the world would have said was wasted in China, God used, and the repercussions and reverberations of that life are still felt almost 200 years later in the life of Hudson Taylor. Missionaries still hear the call and go out into the field because of the testimony of Hudson Taylor. And there are underground churches even today in China that owe their lineage all the way back to believers who got saved during the times of Hudson Taylor and those who came. Now there's a process, it's a maturity, it's a mindset. Did you grow in 2023? The good news is if you didn't the way that you wanted to, you can just lay that at the altar this morning. You know, we're not talking about making a, a New Year's resolution about losing weight or eating right or quitting smoking or any of those things. And, and I'm not belittling any of those things. Those things are all good. But I am saying is this, we're talking about the decision to live for God from which every other decision flows. The decision to live for God, I'm going to say this again, the decision to live for God is a decision from which every other decision flows. No, living for God will help you do better in other areas. Do you know what will help you quit smoking? Live for God. That'll help. You know what will help you quit drinking? Live for God. You know what will help you with pornography? Live for God. You know what will help you in these areas? Live for Him. You say, Pastor, it can't be that simple. It's we who make it complicated. But when we uh, submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, when we submit ourselves to having the right mindset, when we submit ourselves uh, to having the maturity that God has called us to have, God can and will use us and we'll be able to move forward. 
was David Livingston, the other missionary of the same era, but to Africa in the 1800s, who said this, I'll go anywhere as long as it's forward. I'll go anywhere as long as it's forward. I want you to consider this. Next week, we're doing something different. It's called Resolution Sunday. We normally call it New Year's celebration. In many ways, it's exactly the same. We're going to reveal the theme. We're going to have lunch. We're going to have an afternoon service. None of that's changed. But what is different is we're going to give you the opportunity to make some resolutions for God in 2024, to write them out. And then what we're going to do, without putting our names on them, is we're going to allow other people to pray for them. We're going to pass them out. You give one, you'll get one. You give two, you'll get two. You give none, well, you'll get none. That's not saying that you have to. I'm just saying we'll distribute them in that way. And there'll be someone in this church who without knowing will be praying for you to live for God in 2024. I want you to pray about that this week. What would God have you do to increase your mindset to move forward, to increase your maturity to move forward? God wants this church to be able to totally soul itself, sell itself out to God. No, we don't want to be sellouts. We want to sell ourselves out to God and to Him. I know this to be true. There's a lot of leadership programs that are out there. There's a lot of management programs that are out there. There's a lot of soul winning programs that are out there. And, and I don't think they're necessarily bad in and of themselves. You know, I believe oftentimes we implement these programs and we have them in place because they're a substitute for the power of God that we don't have. And again, I'm not saying programs in and of themselves are bad. Please don't get that wrong. We have plenty of them here. But oftentimes, if we just were a bunch of spirit-led, revived believers, these things would just work themselves out. Where will we go in 2024? I hope it's anywhere, but I definitely hope it's forward. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the pulpit of Liberty Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, or if there's any way we can serve you, please let us know by contacting us at info at mylibertybaptist.org or you can visit us this Sunday at 800 Washington Street in Easton, Massachusetts. May the Lord bless you as you grow in His Word.